Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings in the name of the Lord and welcome to Warren Radio. I'm Tower here with the Watchman and we are glad you joined us. Please send all your prayer requests and correspondence to us through our contact page at warn-usa.com. You can find Warren Radio on Truth Social, MeWe, Parlor, CloudHub, Getter, Tumblr, and Linktree. You can listen and download our shows by going to warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And you can also find Warren Radio on the following website streamers, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes Player, Apple Podcast, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play M- Music, Warren Radio Visions on Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Google Podcast, Anchor, Deezer, Podchaser, and Verbal. And do not miss these posts on warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. Do not miss this post. Credulity, Choices, and Consequences. Just because you live in America doesn't mean you really know what is the real truth or what is true. Do not miss this post. Goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. A great phrase. It is one that many might mistake for those living in America with no threat of violence or trouble against a believer in our Lord. In the latest post on warn-usa.com, do not miss this post, Gospel, Mission, Faith, and Testimony of Jesus Christ on Classic Warn Radio. Gospel, Mission, Faith, and Testimony treks through cyberspace to bring you Christianity's cost, miraculous deliverance, and people who have experienced the front lines of death and walked away. Do not miss this post, We Die Too, Isaiah's Prophetic Book, Part 40, on Battle Lines. While giving credence to to God lightly in the temple, their blasphemies and sins are egregious, egregious. Yet God seeks to bring them back to Him. They honor Him with their lips, but deny Him in their actions. Their hearts are far from Him. Do not miss this post, Revolutionary Revelation Redemptive Inheritance of the Saints, Part 2. Revolutionary Revelation is Part 2 of our series, Redemptive Inheritance of the Saints, a classic worn radio episode. And be sure to get your copy of The Rising by the watchman Dana Glenn Smith. The Rising is a Christian fiction thriller. There's danger and intrigue. Dark forces are plotting. The nation is at risk. Can Mac save the United States? So be sure to get your copy of that. And you can get it by going to warn-usa.com. And also sign up for the WIBR Warren Radio Newsletter on Dana Glenn Smith and you can visit our Christian bookstore and resource shop where we feature The Rising of course and other Christian books as well as resources from our Vision Media. And now I welcome in the Watchman. You're listening to Warren Radio on the WIBR Warren Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, 
and join us on LinkedIn. Greetings, Dana. How are you doing tonight? Doing good. Doing real good. Been real hot, but yes. doing real good. Yeah. How Better about than you? being real cold. I'm thankful for the day. Thankful that it's hot. Instead of cold. Yes. Exactly. Because around here it's either hot or cold. <laughs> yep. Rarely anything in between. Yeah, in the beginning, when God created all things, he made water faucets hot and cold. Yeah, there you go. And he decreed, let the water be cold and let the water be hot. And let man create a faucet to say H for hot and C for cold. Well, in Wyoming, that's the way it is. It's either hot or cold. Yep. <coughs> Excuse me. So at any rate. Tonight is My Counsel, Isaiah's Prophetic Book, Part 141 on Battle Lines at Warren Radio. My counsel brings to judgment. No, my counsel works to bring judgment to the stout-hearted who defy the Lord God and are not righteous. Yet the salvation of the Lord is also declared, flowing out of his mercy for Zion and Israel. We find herein, again, the truth that during judgment, God's mercy and redemption are not far away. But the Lord, working to redeem Israel, even amidst judgment on them and some 70 years in captivity, will not thwart the purpose to which the Lord is committed. And now back to you. Okay. I'll see you on the other side. All right. Well, we're in Isaiah 46, 11. And uh, this is probably one of the more familiar verses. And it's a good verse, too. Calling a ravenous bird, or eagle here, referring to Cyrus. And the ensign of Cyrus was a golden eagle. It's kind of interesting because the Roman Empire had an eagle. And uh, even America has an eagle. You know, eagles are one of those majestic birds, but they are ravenous. They are a carrion eater. They will get their own prey, but they will also eat carrion. Calling a ravenous bird, which is Cyrus here, from the east, the man that executes my counsel from a far country. Yea, I have spoken it, I will also bring it to pass. I have purposed it, I will also do it. And, you know, when you, when you really talk about God's counsel, you know, we are in the end of days here. We can easily say that we're there. We're in the perilous times Paul warned about. We're in the times when, you know, they reject the love of the truth, Second Thessalonians 2. We're in the times when God will send a delusion because they have rejected that love of the truth. And God is going to send them a delusion so that they will believe a lie. As Isaiah said, I will choose your delusions and bring your own fears upon you because when I called, you did not answer. And God has been calling the nations to repentance since the time of Christ. And we, next year, are going to be in our 25th year of calling out repentance. But we were doing it long before that. That's just in this end time ministry that we're in now. My counsel. And I think more than anything in Isaiah, he represents that counsel of the Lord. That no matter what Israel did, they were a full nation, one united nation
and then they were divided into two. And the northern tribes were scattered hither and yon among the nations as judgment. And then Judah, because they wouldn't listen, Jeremiah spent a lot of time warning them. They were sent into captivity for 70 years. And of course, we've been talking about this for a while, but you know, it it's one of those lessons that the nations probably won't listen to. That God calls nations to repentance. And when they don't, his counsel kicks in. And this is where the nations of men think they can make their own plans. And I read, I believe, Ephesians 1 before. Uh, but I want to get back to this. 11 and 12. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who works all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. Now that whole thing of Ephesians talks about the relationship that we have to Christ because of his work on the cross and we receive him John 1 we've been born again to the spirit John 3 we have we are walking in the light as he is in the light 1 John 1 we have uh, confessed our sins Romans 3 through 7 etc and all of that is according to the purpose and the will of God. And so when we, when we see how God is working with Israel here, it should not be surprising, especially to Christians, that God is able to do that. I mean, we've got the entirety of Revelation yet to be fulfilled as far as what we're looking at. And we should not be surprised. He is going to bring in a redemption for his people. He is going to collect them. He is going to bring them out of this world. He is going to redeem them. And see, God purposed not to destroy Judah, but to bring them along and teach them a lesson and, you know, rebuke them for their sins but not destroy them. And, you know, there were wicked in uh, Judah that got killed during Babylon, invading there. But the thing here is, is that the redemptive purposes were not obliterated because of the sins of Judah. God worked it out through his counsel. Now, we have talked about uh, Cyrus before, and if you go back to Isaiah 45, you can, there's six verses, I'm not going to read them at all, but verse 1 says, Thus saith the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have holden, to subdue nations before him. I will loose the loins of kings to open before him the two leaved gates, and the gates shall not be shut. I will go before thee and make the crooked places straight. I'll break in pieces the gates of brass and cut in sunder the bars of iron. And he goes on. Well, in other words, nothing's going to stop Cyrus. And whatever there is in Babylon that nobody could really conquer because they were so great and powerful and their walls were big, you know, they, they were very formidable. But Cyrus was going to take them down. And, of course, this was a surprise to Babylon, but that did occur. And the purpose of it, you know, is in verse 6, that they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none beside me, I am the Lord, there is none else. And you see, the nations of men, I mean today, I mean, we're, we're talking back 
a long time ago when Isaiah wrote this. But Babylon didn't believe in the Lord God. But the one thing that the Gentile nations back there did pay attention to is when a Jewish prophet prophesied because they all knew the history of Israel and how they came out of Egypt. And so when God begins to work his counsel, not only to send Judah into that captivity, it's redemptive, even though it's a judgment. You say, well, judgment can't be redemptive. Of course it can. You know, God uses everything for one purpose, and that is redeeming and bringing man out of the curse. Man chooses to go to hell. Man chooses to be at odds with God. God has provided his only begotten son. I mean, it's your choice. You want to you wanna get mad at God? Help yourself. You know, you want to have difficulties believing? Well, you can seek the Lord and he can help you out. But the bottom line of it is, is that we've seen, especially through our advocacy broadcast, the enemies of God coming to the Lord. Once they find out who he is and he appears. And this has been in life and death situations where the Christians uh, that were involved in this were facing death at the hands of these enemies. So when God begins to move, I mean, you may want him to move early, but God moves when he moves. And that's all there is to it. You know, we all, you know would like, you know, when we're praying for things as believers, you know, we have a set time, <laughs> you know, I need this, this, and this. Well, God answers according to his own time. <clears throat> and that's one thing you learn. Blessed are those that wait upon the Lord. Not blessed are those that push the Lord around and call him names and think that they they can coerce him into doing what they want. You know, the scripture says those that love death hate the Lord. So if you hate God, hate the Lord God, then you love death. <laughs> but if you want eternal life and you want forgiveness and you want to live in the kingdom that God has prepared, you need to repent through Yahshua, Jesus Christ. Now see, the challenge goes out here, and this is the way I take it. Hearken unto me, you stout-hearted, strong of heart. Now you see, uh, having a stout heart and being stout-hearted, I mean, it's, it's not just your heart is in good functioning order. But you see, when we talk in biblical terms, your heart... Out of the heart are the issues of life. Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so, the stout-hearted are those that are not only, you know, you've been exercising and your air is good and everything, you know, you got a strong heart physically and everything's fine. That's not what this is talking about. This is talking about the young, which should be already have a good strong heart and strong you know, they, they call, you know, the men that fight in, in the battles, the, the lions, you know, the young lions, because they're fierce and they're courageous. But see, it says here, hearken unto me, you stout-hearted, that are far from righteousness. Far from the righteousness of God. Awake, listen, hear. You know, if you have ears to hear, you need to hear. Because being a stout-hearted lion doesn't mean much if you're on the wrong side of the fence as far as uh, doing right and wrong. I mean, there's a lot of jihadists out there, Muslim jihadists, that are stout-hearted, strong, and they can fight and do all kinds of things. Well, when we were covering ISIS going through um, the Middle East, and this includes Syria and Iraq, 
Well, there was a thing going out for me, moms, that if you killed a Christian, drink his blood, and you'd have eternal life. This is These are true stories that we were reporting on that came across because there was imams there that were making these edicts as they went, patois or whatever they're called. But see, these kind of young lions, even when the Lord, when they challenge the Lord, I mean, as far as in Armageddon when the Lord comes they're not going to last at all I mean your swords your guns your missiles whatever man has they will bow the knee every tongue will confess every knee shall bow and and so the challenge is this listen to me Awake. I mean, you know, it, don't ignore him. Now, see, it's easy to ignore God today in our world because we have technology and we have so many things that we think that we can actually, through our technology, make men into gods. And we have people that think far higher of themselves than they should. As far as leaders of the global society, you have the UN, you have WHO, the WHO, you have the WEF, you know, you have uh, the CCP, the Communist Chinese Party, you have Kim Jong-un and all of his group, you have Iran who's waiting uh, for the Mahdi, you have Turkey who is setting up for, you know, their own kingdom for Islam they're looking for another Ottoman Empire now see all of those things can proceed on their way and until God comes but when the Lord comes the plans of men are destroyed Now in Malachi 3, 13 through 15, here's another one. I like this. Verse 13, your words have been stout against me, saith the Lord. Yet you say, what have we spoken so much against thee? You have said it is vain or useless to serve God. What profit is it that we have kept his ordinance and that we have walked mournfully before the Lord of hosts? And now we call the proud happy. Yea, they that work wickedness are set up. Yea, they that tempt God are even delivered. So these are the words they're saying. You know, today we might say, well, you know, the Lord God is off golfing somewhere. Or he's asleep. He's on vacation. He's in another universe. He's left us to do whatever we want to do. God doesn't see. God doesn't hear. We can do as we want. There's no such thing as ultimate truth. There's no such thing as a need for righteousness. We can do whatever we want to. We can feel whatever we want to. Because we are our own gods. We will ascend to the highest we will sit on the throne of God we will overthrow him I mean these are the words just like Satan said I will ascend to the throne of the most high you see this is foolishness and this is what the Lord is getting out here is that the nations will find out who he is, that he executes his counsel, that he has determined to bring down Babylon. He has determined ahead of time to deliver Judah back into Israel. Now, see, that's been a long time ago. Today, they're back in the land. And right now, you have Gaza and, of course, Hamas is over there who are fighting with Israel. You have Iran who's financing them. You know, uh, Israel by themselves, they, they don't have all the land. 
but they're in the land and they're trying to hang on to the land. And, you know, God knows what they're doing over there. And so Israel is still a special place before the Father. You know, they were the original elect. And they're still, that election doesn't go away. But they need, and they will find, and Scripture shows that, that they will, all of Israel will be saved. They will come to know who the Messiah is in God's own way. Now see, this has all been called from the beginning. See, and this is the whole point of all this. For a society of men like we have today with all of our technology, we are our own gods today. We don't need the Lord. We got computers. You need to know something. Look it up on the computer and whatever it says, that's God's honest truth right there. No, it's not. You see, and, and we have AI now. Artificial intelligence, which they've already reported on, that they have found out these artificial intelligence robots and uh, technology have already begun to learn on their own. And the ascendancy of technology and artificial intelligence is going to grow exponentially, especially by the time uh, the beast shows up of Revelation 13. But he's not going to be able to overthrow the Lord God. But see, man doesn't accept that. Now, Christians have to believe that we're in the world and not of the world. And although we may be facing troubles and trials, that God is still alive that he called us, redeemed us, and he will never forsake us. But see, there's a lot of stout-hearted. But the thing of it is, here we find God calling out to the strong of heart that are far from righteousness. Proverbs 8, 1 through 5, and I like this. This is the call of wisdom. And, and that is, you know, Paul said that society, when he was writing, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth, that at his time he found that society and the wisest among them were always learning but they were not able to come to the knowledge of the truth, which is of Yahshua, Jesus, the only begotten Son of God who came and revealed the Father and the redemptive plan, dying on the cross. He offered himself up, endured the shame, despising everything, uh, you know, being despised and becoming a curse. But he saw the glory ahead of him. And he knew what he must do, and he went through it. And as Christians, we need to look beyond everything. And see, Israel here, still in Babylon, it would have been hard for them to look beyond anything other than what they had. And we really do see God's grace and mercy here in bringing them out and he, you know, and he goes to extensive leagues, and we've talked about this in past chapters, how he was going to lead them, how he, you know, he was going to feed them and lead them and take care of them, bring them into the land. Now, none of that is was going to be easy. Now, this is the same God. Our God and Father doesn't change. The redemptive plan was always set. The law was never meant to redeem you. 
when Christ came, he came and he, he said, I've come not to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. He, was, he came as a fulfillment of the law so that the old and new would be completed in each other. But wisdom, verse 1 of Proverbs 8, there's five verses. Doth not wisdom cry and understanding put forth her voice? Now the personification here, you'll always see the female personification. And with Israel, we saw it as a woman. The church we see as a woman or a bride. This is typical. And she stands at the top of the high places by the way in the places of the paths. She cries at the gates, at the entry of the city, at the coming in at the doors. Unto you, O men, I call, and my voice is to the sons of men. O ye simple, understand wisdom, and you fools, be of an understanding heart. And I think of America today, and I think of all the woke society, and I think of all the kids that are totally mixed up, and they think they're fine. They call themselves woke. That's the biggest thing. And, and the bad part about this is that the companies go along with it in order to get their business. So you have people that are woke. And, you know, you have a girl that wanted to become a man, so she became a man, somewhat. And you have another girl, or let's say another boy, that wanted to become a girl... So she looks like a girl, he looks like a girl, and she looks like a guy, but yet the main parts of their sexual engineering are the same. Yet there was a video of them today showing them walking together, and she was saying how her husband was pregnant. See, because the feminists like to think this. And it's ludicrous. This is foolish. American society is foolish. So when I read a verse that says, Oh, you simple, understand wisdom. And you fools, be of an understanding heart. We have got a plethora of generations of young people that are foolish. They're wrong. They're blinded and they're prideful, and they won't listen. That is a recipe for disaster, a recipe for, number one, delusion. Number two, damnation. Number three, death. And see, the children of Israel should have known better. But they didn't. That's why they got sent into captivity. America should know better. Our roots are Christian Judeo roots, no matter what these people say today. You know, for crying out loud, we have Satanists that have open voices today. And there's more Satanists and people like that today than ever before. At least that's what they want you to think. But see, that's not what America was. America today is foolish. America today is not wise. America today is headed for the worst kinds of trouble. But then, so was China, North Korea, Iran, the nations of men. When we talk about Foolishness, America does not have the license for foolishness. That comes with sin. And sin is universal. And if you're a human being, you're prone to sin. But you see, God challenges these. You know, this is what I'm going to do. 
and he talked directly to those stout-hearted, young, strong Verse 13, it says, I bring near my righteousness. It shall not be far off. And my salvation shall not tarry. And I will place salvation in Zion for Israel, my glory. Now you better believe that's what he's going to do. And at this time, he did. He saved them out of Judah. I mean, out of uh, Babylon. He brought them back into the land. They built the temple. Now, of course, that temple was eventually destroyed by General Titus. This is during, after the Lord, you know, ascended to the right hand of the Father. And a million Jews were killed during that. Josephus writes about it. But see, he's still going to bring... See, because when he talks about Zion and Israel, there is a heavenly Zion. But the fulfillment of that is not just Israel. The fulfillment of that is all those who have been redeemed through Yahshua, Jesus Christ. There is a heavenly Zion. Now see if you if you want to get down to brass tacks, look at Second Thessalonians one eight through twelve. I mean, any time you begin to think you're going to control everything, Babylon was tough. They had Israel, Judah, and they conquered them, took them captive. They were powerful; nobody could beat them. They had Judah there for seventy years. Totally powerful. Nobody could beat him. And all of a sudden, some guy by the name of Cyrus comes along and frees the Jews. Destroys, brings down Babylon. Whoops. Looks like you're not so strong, Babylon. Where are your gods? We talked about the gods last time. The gods didn't deliver them. Their gods couldn't put up with that. What is an idol compared to the true and living God? What are your gods that you call upon? And that's even today in the world. What about your gods? Call upon your gods. Challenge Jehovah Yahweh. Challenge him. Go ahead. See how far you're going to get. See if you can redeem yourself when you die. See when you die. And it'll be too late. When you're in a sinful state in your spirit, you're not going to be able to do anything. God offers you redemption now. God offers you a way now. And this isn't going to cost you. But when you die without him, it's going to cost you everything you have, your soul. I don't care who you are. Rich man, poor man, beggar man, thief. So when Paul warns in 2 Thessalonians 1, he begins 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 this way. Down to verse 8, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power, when he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe because our testimony among you was believed in that day. Wherefore also we pray always for you, that our God will count you worthy of this calling, fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith and power, that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and you and him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Just go to First Peter chapter 2, 4 through 10. You want to know who you really are? You need to read that. Verse 9 says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, 
which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. The Gentiles through the Old Covenant didn't have any mercy. They didn't have access to the promises. Today, because of the work on the cross through Yahshua, we are all together. There's not going to be two Zions, one for the Jews and one for the Gentiles. There's not going to be one for the feminists and one for the other females. There's not going to be one for one type of male and another type of male. No, there is going to be one redeemed holy people. Period. And when God talks about redeeming his people, his goal with Israel is to redeem them. He's not playing footsie with them. You know, he doesn't get up off his bed and feel a little grouchy and say, you know, today I think I'm going to bug Israel. God is holy all the time. He's perfect all the time. He's not like man. His ways are not your ways. His thoughts are not your thoughts. And if you want to know the mind of Christ, you ain't going to find it in the bar. If you want to know the mind of Christ, you're not going to find it in a stone idol. If you want to know the mind of Christ, you have to receive him, be found in him, born of the Spirit, and walk in his light. You have to take up your cross and follow him. This is serious business. The time of sitting on the fence in America as a Christian is gone. You're not going to get anywhere by sitting on the fence except holes in your jeans. You need to get off the fence, get out there, and get in the light of Christ, grab your cross, and stand up for truth. Now, see, when God brought the children of Israel out of Babylon, he was going to teach them the law again. He was going to bring them back to Jerusalem where they longed to be again. He was going to bring them back to their temple again. To create a holy people. A people that would know him and walk in his ways. Because they were going to look forward to the Redeemer coming we look back at the cross. They were looking forward to the cross because the prophets, including Moses, spoke of Christ. It's all in the book. We're coming down to the final hour here. At the final hour when the, when the forces of darkness are raging, when the foolishness of men are at their highest, and we have more foolishness than America. You know, our enemies are preparing for our demise. And they're not playing games with, you know, well, I decided I would become a man if you're a woman. Or a woman deciding, you know, I mean, a man deciding she's going to be a woman, he's going to be a woman. I mean, it's confusing even to try to talk about. You know, and some of them are non-binary. And they've got tons of these pronouns. They've got them all listed out. You know, if you're tired of the old God created Adam and Eve, <laughs> he set man on the earth. I mean, it's simple. You get in Genesis, it's simple. God created male and female. I mean, it, it was simple. With the children of Israel, it really was simple. There was Jehovah God. There was things that they had to do in the temple. There was feasts they had to keep. There was the day of atonement they had to take care of. But they started becoming like the nations of men around them. Now see, now we're going to go into chapter 47. Now, this chapter deals with Babylon exclusively. 
This is the embarrassment of Babylon. A superpower. You know, we talk about superpowers. There's America. You want to talk about an embarrassment? You know, you look at Mystery Babylon and when she fell. One thing in the first part of the verses, it speaks directly. Come out of her, my people. That you partake not of her sins and receive of her plagues. See, we're in the world and not of the world as believers. But if you're in the world and you're possessed by the world and you love the world, there's no difference between you and the world. You can call yourself a Christian, but God looks at the Spirit. So imagine the embarrassment of Mystery Babylon and all of those people that made all that money off of Babylon because it was mighty and powerful. See, this is the same thing with Babylon of old. See, and there were, Babylon was very known, and a lot of those were for their idols. Now, the difference with Cyrus was that he actually mentioned that the Lord God of Israel had called him to do this. I mean, he knew of that. There, there was something special about Cyrus. So when he, he went after Babylon, he had a purpose. He knew who called him. Because God will use whoever he wants to. So in Babylon, the dealing with idols and their inability to deliver Babylon, I mean, they're a superpower. And these idols couldn't even deliver themselves from being knocked over and destroyed. I mean, what kind of a God is that? And they make a point to talk about that. Hey, Babylon. Almighty. Where are your gods now? Have them deliver themselves from the Lord God. Have them stand up and resist those who are carrying them away and destroying them. See, that's the real issue here. When the tribulation comes, when the final act is here, when you have the plagues, when you have everything happening, call upon your gods and stop this. When you have taken the mark of the beast, call upon the beast and see if him and all of his glory can deliver the world from the wrath of God. It will be an embarrassment for him. And that won't be all because he's going to burn in a devil's hell. And so when we talk about Babylon, boy, I'll tell you, this is going to be an embarrassment. And not only embarrassment, but sorrow and pain and suffering. The kingdom of the world, the power of the Chaldees is going to be brought low to the ground. This is the same thing that will happen with every human kingdom on this earth that challenge the power of the Lord God. There will be no escape. There's one escape. And one only. Yahshua. Jesus. And that's why the world don't like Christians. But God is in charge. Even in America. And if God has indeed called Donald Trump, like Netanyahu said of him, that he was Cyrus, 
If Trump has any kind of anointing or leading from God, then no matter what Biden, no matter what those in the Biden administration may do or the Democrats may do, nothing will be able to stop him. If he's not anointed, they can easily bring him down. Everything is in the hands of the Lord. So if you're a Christian, you better be praying for this country. Because this country is not going to be delivered by its righteousness. It doesn't have any. Your time is running out very fast. Verse 1, listen to this verse. Come down and sit in the dust. You know, one of the things when something terrible happens, people will put on, in the Old Testament, they will put on sackcloth of mourning. And they will sit at the front of the gates and throw dust up in the air and, and throw it on their head in mourning and crying and wailing because of the misery they're in. Come down and sit in the dust, O virgin daughter of Babylon. Now Babylon is related to Babel or confusion. O virgin, virgin daughter of confusion. You trusted in your idols. They did not deliver you from the hand of the true and living God. How could you be so wrong? Well, we saw Israel, and they had the true and the living God, and we conquered them because they left off their own God. And our gods gave us victory. No, they didn't. O daughter of the Chaldeans, thou shalt no more be called tender and delicate. You see, the thing of it is, when you're a rich kingdom like Babylon or the one like Mystery Babylon or even America today, you know, why do you think people come to America even at this point in droves? Because America is the example to find that place that is unlike any other where you can raise your family, be free, have a nice home, and live. But the people that are coming across the border today expecting to find that are going to find judgment because that's what America is in, judgment. Now I pray that the Father, when he sends judgment, will remember mercy. I pray that the Lord will give us time. But everything's in his time, not my time. God lifts up the skirts of these kingdoms like Babylon, Mystery Babylon, and America and others. So you can see the sins thereof and see that this one is nothing to be honored. And when God begins to judge him, that's what he does. Nothing is hid. Everything is revealed. So there it sits on the ground, humiliated, disgraced, disgraced as a woman that has been dishonored. And that happens in war. Sitting at the gates, lamenting and mourning. And those who sit on the ground with dust and crying and wailing, they have no homes, they have no food, the crops have been burned, the gold have been pillaged. They alone are left. They might have stragglers. Bodies are on the ground. The gates are broken open and foreign troops everywhere. 
but the children of Israel are free. That's the difference. Because that's why it happened. And even in the end of days, we have the great tribulation, but look, it's going to be our redemption time. That's why scripture says, look up for your redemption draws nigh. You know, one of the things that I have here, I talked about tire, but I'm not going to be able to get to it. Because that's another one that... Uh, needs to be looked at. And you know the thing when I when I see this. And you know Isaiah makes it a point to make sure you understand these things. And you think of God going to all of this trouble just to bring Israel back. I mean, look at the nations today. Look at how many people hate Israel. And you go to the UN, majority of them always vote against Israel. Just like a majority of them vote against the U.S. as well. Because they hate us. And the reason they hate us is because they're envious. And when bad things happen to American Israel, they rejoice. Yeah. But the thing of it is... We find today around the world persecution of Christians happening all the time. And the ones that kill them rejoice. Because they think that they can kill them and get away with it and their God will reward them. Well, their God will reward them, but it's not the God that they know. Jehovah God through Christ. Yahshua. In Revelation one, he calls himself the Almighty. He's been given the power and the authority to judge and put all the enemies under his feet. And those that are doing these things will pay the penalty. But you see, judgment has a two-edged sword. Life on one side, death on the other. Bondage, redemption, salvation, deliverance. And the one difference is, who is your God? Even as in a, a backslid state, Israel still had Jehovah as their God. Father, we thank you for this word. We ask, O oh Lord, that you will bless people's hearts, guide them, direct them, and be with them and watch over them. And in Jesus' name, I bind you, Satan, in the powers of darkness from the preaching, teaching, streaming of this word. Okay, Tower. Okay, here we are. We're getting a bad storm out there. Yeah, I know. we got to close her down anyway. Yeah. Okay. Well, good night, everybody. Thank you for joining us whenever you do. We love you. We always hope the best for you in the Lord. We pray for you. We ask that you would pray for our brethren around the world and, and for us. And we love you so much. May God richly bless you and keep you. Good night, everybody.
Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.